The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. On a Sabbath, Jesus went to dine at the home of one of the leading Pharisees, and the people there were observing him carefully. Jesus told a parable to those who had been invited, noticing how they were choosing the places of honor at the table. When you are invited by someone to a wedding banquet, do not recline at table in the place of honor. A more distinguished guest than you may have been invited by him. And the host who invited both of you may approach you and say, give your place to that man. And then you would proceed with embarrassment to take the lowest place. <coughs> Rather, when you are invited, go and take the lowest place so that when the host comes to you, he may say, my friend, move up to a higher position. Then you will enjoy the esteem of your companions at the table. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, but the one who humbles himself will be exalted. Then Jesus said to the host who invited him, when you hold a lunch or a dinner, do not invite your friends or your brothers or your relatives or your wealthy neighbors in case they may invite you back and you have repayment. Rather, when you hold a banquet, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind. Blessed indeed will you be because of their inability to pay you back. For you will be repaid at the resurrection of the righteous. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. So we all know that one of... Um, the biggest uh, accusations made against Jesus was that he dined with the sinners, the sick, the poor. You hear that often in the Gospels, that one of the things that really made those big shots back in Jerusalem upset with Jesus, and really maybe in a way was kind of behind their indictment of him when they finally push comes to shove and he gets to Jerusalem, is precisely because Jesus dined with the poor and the lame and the sick and the sinners and the tax collectors. It's one of the hallmarks of his ministry. And indeed, it's one of the things that got him most in trouble. Why would that be? You know, why can't you just have a picnic in your backyard and cook up some burgers and, you know, invite the neighbors in, even you know, the poor or the lame, whoever, come on in, have a burger, you know, don't stay too long, go home. What's wrong with that? In Jesus' time, that wasn't the way things were done. That's not how a meal was seen. There was no such thing as a picnic. There was no such thing as a backyard barbecue. 
what happened in those days was that if you invited someone into your home to eat and they accepted the invitation and they sat down or even more if they laid down at your table for this great banquet that was laid out for them, for all of you, a relationship was established with those people. The people at your table sharing your food were now your brothers. And not just sort of in a sort of a nice, you know, college level bro way. Hey, bro. It was a deep brotherhood. They were now part of your family. You had a relationship to them almost of blood. So when you sat down or laid down at table, either as an invitee or as the invited one, that meant you now had almost a blood relationship with that people, with those people. It was a big deal. It was something that would last forever. So when they accused Jesus of dining with lepers and tax collectors and sinners of all kinds, they're accusing Jesus of, of making brothers people who were not worthy people who were dark, people who smelled, people who were bad, people who were sick. And that's not the kind of brothers you wanted, especially if you were a rabbi, especially if you were a Pharisee, especially if you were a priest of the temple. You only wanted to hang around with the good people, the holy people, the pure people. You didn't want to have to say, well, gee, I didn't know that guy was actually a sinner. I didn't know he was a tax collector, but... Sorry. No, you, you, you didn't want to because there was a whole other level of stuff going on and there was ritual impurity. If you touched a person who was sick, especially if they were a leper, that affected your ability to go into the temple and pray. You are now ritually impure. If you touched a woman who was hemorrhaging, you are now ritually impure. If you touched a sinner, you are now ritually impure. If you touched a dead body, you are now ritually impure, and you had to go do a bunch of baths and special ceremonies to be pure again so that you go into the temple and pray. And Jesus is just willy-nilly sort of eating with anybody and everybody, always compromising his ritual purity. So that's why they don't like it. That's why they're upset with him. That's why the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the priests of the temple are always going after Jesus and saying, look, he eats, he dines with sinners and tax collectors and prostitutes and lepers and sick people. Ick, what kind of rabbi could he be? Much less Messiah. So... There's one exception to this. We hear about it in today's gospel. A Pharisee, imagine a Pharisee, a well-known Pharisee, invites Jesus to dinner. Now, Jesus was a full opportunity diner. If, if somebody invited him to dinner, it didn't matter if he was poor or rich. It didn't matter if he was a Pharisee or a Sadducee. He was open to the invitation, and he goes to dinner with the Pharisee and his guests. And this is what happens. He looks around the room, and he sees everybody jockeying for the best position. 
You know, they want the, 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 the dinner meal, especially a fancy dinner meal on the Sabbath, was loaded with symbolism. It's kind of like going to a, you know, a, a ball in a hotel room where they got everybody sort of situated according to your importance. If you're really, really important, you get to sit up on the platform, you know, next to the president or something. Everybody's jockeying for the position nearest the host, nearest the Pharisee. And Jesus sees this and he kind of laughs to himself. They don't get it, do they? You know, they don't really understand. All their learning, all their studying of the scriptures, all their studying of the law, and they don't get this most fundamental little thing called humility. Humility. You know, don't go for the top spot, he tells them. He tells them his little story. You know, or you're going to be made, maybe, maybe that happened right there. You know, somebody goes rooting up to the top chair next to the president or next to the rabbi or next to whomever, and he gets pulled down and replaced by someone else. Maybe Jesus actually saw that happen there. And he says, you know, be humble about this. When you go to someone's home for dinner, you know, um, choose the lower place. Maybe you'll get raised up. Who knows? So it's a nice little story. Not offensive at all. People probably said, yes, uh-oh, he caught me a little bit, didn't he? I better get better about that. But not an offensive story. It's a nice story, nice little parable. Good lesson to learn, reminder from the prophets. But then Jesus goes deeper. He doesn't just leave it with the simple parable. Remember, the Pharisees shared with Jesus a belief in the resurrection. They believed that God would carry us all into his kingdom after our death. So they believed in the resurrection, unlike some of the others, like the Sadducees. There's no resurrection. Once you're dead, you're dead. But the Pharisees did. Remember, this is a Pharisee who has invited him to dinner. And Jesus then appeals to that belief in the resurrection. And this time, he's not telling just everybody. He's looking directly at his host, the Pharisee the guy who's invited him, the guy who is now his brother because they have eaten together. And he says to his brother, the Pharisee, nice party, but the next time you have a Sabbath dinner to honor the Lord and to honor your friends, to honor your brothers, the next time invite the poor Invite the lame. Invite the sick. Invite the lepers. Invite the tax collectors. Invite the sinners, whoever they are. People who cannot repay you in any fashion whatsoever, just out of the goodness of your heart, out of the goodness of God's heart. Invite those people to your table and make them your brothers and sisters. And then you will know what the resurrection of God is in its fullness when your time comes. The kingdom of God will be yours. It's not just a matter of where you sit at the table. It's a matter of who you invite in to your home, to your table. Who do you honor with the gift of brotherhood? Sisterhood, I would say, but in those days it was all men. Sorry, ladies. And so Jesus is saying to the Pharisee, 
You believe in the resurrection. You believe in life to come. To prepare yourself for the resurrection of the dead. From here on in, my brother, invite the worst of the worst. Invite the most sinful of the sinful. Invite the dirtiest of the dirty. Invite the tax collectors and the prostitutes and the, and the lame and the sick and have them eat at your table. It's a beautiful lesson. It must have hit the heart of that Pharisee square right in the middle. Who knows how he responded? The Gospels don't tell us. Was he shaken to his boots and renewed his life? Followed Jesus and the way of Jesus in a new and deep way? Jesus now, my brother? Or did he say, this guy's crazy. Let's, once he gets to Jerusalem, let's hang him on a cross. We'll never know. But, but we do know that the lesson Jesus is teaching is fundamental to his teaching. It's fundamental to his life. It's fundamental to his gospel. It's fundamental to entering the kingdom of God. And therefore, it is a message for us. It is a message for us. Jesus invites us to his table so that we can be his sisters and brothers by dining at his Sabbath table. And who has he invited to his table? Well, just look at us. We're sinners. We're sick. We make a lot of mistakes in our life. We've done nothing to deserve the kingdom of God. We're not very holy if we really call, if we really check our spiritual lives. We make all kinds of mistakes. We've, we've had a lifetime of errors and we've had our joys too. You know, we've raised our children. We've raised our grandchildren. We have a lot of loves in our life. We're a mixed bag. We're exactly the same people Jesus has always been inviting to his table. Why? Because, as Pope Francis reminded us recently in one of his apostolic letters, because Jesus greatly desires us. He greatly desires to eat with us. He greatly desires to be with us. He greatly desires to be brother with us. And... So here we are. All of us, whoever we are, whatever our stories, whatever our sins, whatever our faults, whatever our sicknesses, are here at the table of Jesus as his brothers, eating and drinking his food, which is himself. And therefore, therefore, as we have been so desired, and as we have been so loved, and as we have been indeed so invited in, so we must invite in the beautiful hymn that you sang just moments ago at the beginning of this liturgy. Welcome them in, wasn't it? Welcome them in. <laughs> Is meant to be taken literally. The doors of this church and every church are intended to be wide open. 
Our hearts are intended to be wide open to whomever passes through those doors. Because they too, no matter who they are, are desired by Jesus as his sisters and brothers. Welcome us in. Welcome them in. Because it is there that we find the kingdom of heaven, the life, the risen life of Jesus. At this table, with whoever approaches filled with desire to know Jesus and to be his brother. Jesus filled with desire to know them and be their brother.